Good evening. That's a really weird way to start the show. I'm super excited for the show because we have Jennifer of Clean Bee Baby on the show and she has a crazy background. It's awesome. She has she was an MBA. She came from I think her bachelor's of science in mathematics. And now she's uh, cleaning up kids' car seats. Amazing business, amazing model. You guys are going to have a great time, so make sure that you stay tuned for the entire 30 minutes of Young Female Entrepreneurs Live. Jennifer Dono, I'm the director of Young Female Entrepreneurs, and you're watching the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream that happens every Thursday night here in the Oval Eye TV studio at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com slash live. And so tonight we've got a little bit of a different environment on the live stream. I'm pretty excited about it because we've been testing out for the last couple of weeks with Oval Eye TV, the business that I'm an owner of. Um, and so we're hosting the live stream ourselves tonight. We've got the chat up. We've got a whole separate little page. And it's going to be changing and evolving going into 2013. So anyway, thank you so much for showing up live if you're here live. Um, if you want to watch the show later on, we are on iTunes, both on video and audio formats. So if you want to walk your dog and listen to the show, you can do that. And that's just by searching for Young Female Entrepreneurs or going to yfe.me slash iTunes vid or iTunes audio. Um, we're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash yfentrepreneur. Make sure that you subscribe and like and chat and all sorts of fun stuff because I take that feedback seriously. Um, and definitely make sure that I'm pulling in all of your feedback and making the show what it is that young female entrepreneurs want to uh, watch. So anyway, some really big things are happening here at Young Female Entrepreneurs. Just crazy amounts of stuff. I can't even, I'm trying to go slow for the first five minutes because I like to speed through things because I get so excited to introduce the guest on. But tonight, this is serious. We got stuff to go through. So the first thing is uh, the Young Female Entrepreneurs Online Conference. It's the first one we've ever done. It's on November 15th, which is next freaking week. <laughs> November 15th. And we have an online uh, networking event that's a LinkedIn speed networking event the night before. So there's so much to go through. I'm going to go ahead and let you watch this video that uh, describes what it is. Thanks so much for checking out YFECon.com, the site where you can find out more about Young Female Entrepreneurs' first online conference. Happening Thursday, November 15th from 9 a.m. Pacific or 12 Eastern to 3 p.m. Pacific or 6 p.m. Eastern. The conference is meant to replicate an in-person experience with a happy hour networking opportunity the night before, speakers and panelists the day of, with a corresponding live chat and a lunchtime breakout session. Wednesday's 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern happy hour networking opportunity is via LinkedIn speed networking and lasts approximately one hour, giving you the chance to meet other attendees via video and LinkedIn using Yak First. Thursday's conference is an exclusive area for conference attendees delivered via live streaming video, bringing in panelists and moderators and speakers from around the United States. Attendees can ask our guests questions and network with one another via the live chat. 
The lunchtime breakout session will be via Google Hangout where you will request a breakout around topics such as retail, blogging, or funding and meet up with a breakout leader who helps drive the conversation. Think of it as you would a mastermind. This includes video and desktop sharing. You have two ways to get involved in the YFE conference. The first is via full access, which provides you everything I've listed along with access to video recordings after the conference. That way, if you have to run out, make a phone call, or if you have issues with your internet connection, you can still access the material presented via the recordings. You'll also have access to any materials the speakers provide. The second option for attending the conference is by purchasing live access, which gives you everything I've mentioned minus the recordings. The YFE mission is to help young women on their path to profitable businesses while building a collective reputation that is philanthropic, successful, multifaceted, and collaborative. Therefore, $10 of every registration from today until the conference will be donated to Hurricane Sandy relief efforts. Thank you so much again for checking out Young Female Entrepreneurs' first online conference happening November 15th. We hope to have you attend. Okay, so this is where I'm going to have some fun with the producer and <laughs> try and jump around the photos. So the, the next thing I want to mention is that the same day, November 15th, uh, Young Female Entrepreneurs Los Angeles, headed up by Erin of Well in LA. I know that you know who she is by now. <laughs> uh, she's hosting a huge, huge in-person event. And this is going to sell out. So you need to make sure that you go and you can go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com slash LA to find out, find out about everything. I know that Jules Taggart, who's in the chat, was just saying that she's going with her partner and a, um, a client of theirs. And so it's going to be a really big deal. Um, they've got um, a huge speaker going and uh, I have those photos lined up too. I want to make sure that I'm saying they're after Aaron of Well in LA's photo. Yeah. I am that girl. Okay, so this is a very large YouTube channel, and they kind of follow along the same lines of the mission of Young Female Entrepreneurs, so it's a fantastic synergy that she's created there with that event. And then um, the photographer has actually been present at a lot of our YFE chats, or the last couple ones, um, Ashley Wilkins, so huge thank you to her. And then actually tonight, big shout out to Marissa Vicario. I have her image, yep. Um, YFE NYC. So in New York City right now, they're meeting up uh, their first ever in real life event. There's about 20 of them there tonight. Uh, despite all the things that have happened on the East Coast, it's really incredible. So very thankful for Marissa. And she's building a very nice, tight-knit community over there in New York City. And then, of course, Jules and Christina. Them, and then there's the lovely Erica that's pictured there, too. But Jules and Christina are our book club leaders, who I wanted to mention next. Their next book, um, it's the pumpkin picture in there. They've got the Bootstrap Book Club, which we've partnered with them to offer a book club to our community. Um, the Kickstart Kitchen ladies have got a great community started within Facebook. It's a closed group, so all you have to do is go to kickstartkitchen.com slash book club, I believe it is. Um, and then we have the link, of course, if you're watching it live below this and all over the youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com site. And you just sign up. Um, I guess if you're a member of the book club, they've got a special Chris Gillibo gosh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. This is going to be embarrassing. Uh, video for you guys. So make sure that you sign up tonight. Uh, the book club, though, has been a lot of fun to participate in, and I'm very thankful for them for um, inviting our community into it. And then The Pumpkin Plan is their next book, which I'm actually really excited about. I Googled it because everyone's been talking about pumpkin book, and I was like, what is a pumpkin book? I don't get it. 
So anyway, I Googled it, and it's by the same thing that the toilet paper guy wrote. I don't know what it is with him and, like, strange objects that he writes business books around. But anyway, so that's what's been going on at Young Female Entrepreneurs. We've also got Blog It Week. So if you're just listening live or if you're listening the next day this week, um, you can go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com slash blog it. Each day we've got a different topic, and if you go to facebook.com, or I'm not going to list off another link. If you go to our Facebook page, you can link up with your uh, blog post that focuses on that uh, that subject. So this is all leading up again to YFECon next week. And of course, I should remind you that $10 of every registration is being donated to Red Cross. So um, that's if it's live, full, if you've purchased it through a Wi-Fi leader, whatever it is, we're still donating $10 of it to Red Cross, and that is um, to facilitate, of course, with the uh, Sandy Hurricane Sandy relief effort, but also Red Cross does amazing things across the country and really worldwide, so we're very excited about being able to donate to them. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about the meat of our conversation. I am in the live chat, you guys, so if you have questions for our guest... Um, make sure that you chat them in. Um, also, if you have any other issues or you want to introduce yourself online, make sure that you do that. I'm also monitoring the hashtag, which is YFETV. So if you have questions on Twitter, make sure that you type them in over there. So anyway, without further ado, our guest today is the founder of Clean, let me pop it up on the back, Clean Bee Baby. It's a mobile business, and actually, I'm going to go ahead and let her talk more about it. I was just having the most fun going through her Facebook page today because she has a ton of pictures of celebrities <laughs> and herself because she's in the mommy market. So anyway, Jennifer, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for, for being, being on, on the, the show. show. We're, We're thrilled, thrilled to have, have you. you. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so why don't you, you tell us a little, little bit, bit like, like I was, I was telling, telling people at the beginning. beginning. By the I, way, if you're just joining us now, you're watching Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream, and a are we, are we good with the live? All right, well, hopefully you guys can hear her now. Uh, so anyway, you're watching the live stream with Jennifer of Clean Bee Baby. And uh, so I was saying at the beginning that you are, you have a bachelor's of science with a, mat- with a mathematics uh, major. So how did you go from that type of a background into clean, something called Clean Bee Baby? <laughs> <laughs> so random. Um, it's so funny, I sometimes think that the math major is what's random now. Um, but I guess life leads you on crazy, interesting paths. Um, so I guess I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur since sixth grade. Um, I'm from Austin, Texas, and Michael Dell um, was always an inspiration in our community as kind of this high-tech entrepreneur. Um, and I liked math and science going through high school, started out as an engineer in college, thinking I'm going to get this great technical background to prove that I can solve problems, and then I'm going to go start a high-tech company. Um, but it turned out that I hated engineering, and I just couldn't get excited about material science. Um, and by the time I decided to drop out of engineering, if I wanted to graduate on time and do this NASA internship that I'd gotten, uh, math was kind of the only major left. Um, and luckily, I suffered through, <laughs> managed with a great GPA. Um, and I think it really opened a lot of doors for me, even though I do not use abstract algebra on a day-to-day basis um, in my career. Um, so what it actually ended up doing is opened the doors for me to go into management consulting, because Duke is a liberal arts school. So there's no real pre-business program, and I thought management consulting was a great career field to really get my feet wet, try a bunch of different industries, different functions, and learn a lot about business. Um, so I spent three years you know, working 100 hours a week, traveling to sexy places like Arkansas with clients like Walmart, um, and it was, it was a real grind. Um, and kind of how it plays into the story of where I got to today is that I was 23. 
straight out of college, looking up at these females um, that were trying to turn 30 and make partner and start a family all at the same time. And I don't know if it was a phenomenon in our San Francisco office or what, but they all left um, to go start their families. They chose family over career. And I'm looking up thinking, wow, that really stinks because I'm only 23, but one day I want to have a family and I definitely want to have a career. So how am I going to reconcile those things? So that kind of reaffirmed my commitment to wanting to become an entrepreneur um, because I want to have control over my own life and hopefully one day start a family and be able to make my own schedule and create that flexibility for myself more so than you can do in the corporate world. Um, so I applied to business school, which had kind of been the plan for a while. Um, I think a lot of management consultants go to business school, but I was really excited about more formal business education, especially after the liberal arts math degree. Um, and applied to business school knowing I wanted to start a company afterwards. Uh, kind of ended up getting lucky. I was sponsored by um, my employer. I did a pre-MBA internship with Roll Global, which is the company that owns Fiji Water and Palm Wonderful and a bunch of other CPG brands. And they ended up sponsoring my tuition to go to business school uh, in July 2008, right before the entire economy really, really collapsed. So here I was starting business school with a job offer two years out. Um, and that really allowed me to use my tears to focus on entrepreneurship, which you know I knew was my ultimate goal. So I thought, well, I'll go to business school and I'll find somebody with a great idea that just needs an executor to make it happen. So I kept thinking, I don't have any good ideas. I'm going to go find somebody with a great idea. I'm going to make it happen. And I realized very quickly that those people don't exist. And um, everybody says, do what you're passionate about. And I'm thinking, man, I worked 100 hours a week. I didn't have very much time for passions. But I guess the one subject that I'm really interested in is work-life balance um, and the fact that these women are really struggling between family and career. So I figured if I'm struggling with this, this millennial generation, we're all approaching 30, and that issue is just going to balloon over time. So I decided to spend a whole year looking for business ideas that would help solve that problem. So for me, the sweet spot was anything that would save moms time or frustration. And I had this spreadsheet with like 50 random different ideas. And this one kind of came out during my summer internship. A mom was talking about how her baby had thrown up in the car seat. She couldn't get the smell out. She had to go to the fire station to have it installed. And it had just been a huge headache. And that's when I started thinking, wow, um, that's, that's an interesting one. So I used my second year of business school to work on the business plan through eight different classes with over 40 of my classmates. And I always say, you know, to get that many former McKinsey consultants to help you write your business plan, yeah. um, it cost you millions of dollars in the real world. Um, so I was really lucky to have kind of that laser focus and utilize all of my classes to further my business, uh, which is kind of, at the end of the day, I think this is one of your questions coming up, <laughs> how I ended up winning the business plan competition. That was um, my next question. Yeah, which <laughs> confidence to really go for the business full time. Um, and, you know, not to spoil the ending here, because I don't think even you know this, Don, <laughs> is uh, that I ended up having to go back to my full-time job after graduation um, and launch the business at the same time, because they were like, you know, hey, we paid your tuition, and <laughs> if you don't pay it back, then you owe us a lot of money, um, so come back to work. And I didn't have the money, I went back to work, and I literally didn't sleep for the last year and a half, uh, so I just quit my job in July. Uh, and so oh, I've wow. been- congratulations. <laughs> for only three or four months um and it is I, I don't think my life has really slowed down either way 
No, well, you know, I hear from so many young female entrepreneurs that that's what they're doing is they are, they're single, they don't have kids, or maybe they're even married, but they need that second income as they're starting up. I just spoke with a Zweet Sports who had a very similar story when they first started, and they were actually uh, manufacturing, designing yoga wear and fulfilling from you know all around the world so it was pretty interesting to talk to them so yeah you're definitely not alone in that kind of a, a space but with the MBA let's go back for just one second because I mean when you graduated I know Jules Tagger is on the chat and she's with Kickstart Kitchen she is very interested in the whole idea of why what um what benefits uh, an entrepreneur gets out of having an MBA now you said that an MBA really helped you as far as the business plan that you had all of these people that are working at McKinsey being able to look over your business plan with you and having people help you basically build a business plan. Now, uh, was apart from that component, was anything else beneficial for with the MBA? A lot of people that come on the show, they say something about the network or anything like that. Do you speak with people that you receive the MBA from? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the MBA has so much value for me. I mean, in almost every aspect of my day-to-day life now. Um, first of all, like I said, I didn't have any formal business education before. I knew about uh, marketing in the pharmaceutical industry and finance and the home building industry um, from consulting, but really having kind of the fundamental core curriculum to understand the basics of accounting and kind of all of the building blocks that you need to put together a business. So that was really helpful to me. And I, you know, there, those are things you can potentially learn on your own or trial by fire, but um, I thought it was really useful. Then obviously, like I said, having the smart classmates and the manpower to do all the research, all the market research, um, you know, competitive research, everything else um, on a business plan, that was amazing. I think one of the most important aspects was actually the access to the alumni network. Um, So people I didn't know, but who maybe were working in a related industry um, or could advise and help me shape the business plan. So for example, I was able to get on calls with the former director of new ventures from Toys R Us and the senior baby buyer at Target um, and all these people through the Kellogg network who I think if you're just a struggling entrepreneur on your own uh, trying to get in touch with these people, they think you're (laughs) just a little fly on the wall and trying to buzz around and annoy them. Um, When you say, hi, I'm a student working on a business plan, it's amazing who will make 30 minutes um, time for you to actually help you out. Um, And a lot of those contacts are people I've been able to stay in touch with and, and grow my network with from them after graduation. Well, that's, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because that is kind of the, the standard feedback that we get. So if you have the means to be able to get an MBA, would you say do it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I still have a ton of student loan debt I have to pay off. Even with employer sponsorship, you've still got to cover your housing and everything else. Um, but to me, it, it, was, it was 100% worth the investment. And I think, you know, financially figure out how you're going to make it work is, you know, there's great new programs with the income-based repayment plans where if you are a struggling entrepreneur and you're not making a ton of money, you can delay your student loan payments. That is important. You are the first young female entrepreneur that I've spoken with that actually knows about that, that that's available. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I actually saw that I think, you know, the Obama administration is now committed to even further improvements and changes to that going forward, which is disproportionately beneficial to MBA students. Uh, There's an article about it somewhere, maybe in the New York Times today. So um, it's definitely a good program for MBAs. Yeah, definitely. So now you won the competition and you got a small, a small winner's fee. Now, 
small. Yeah, very small. So I, just going back to exactly what it is that your business is. So if you guys can see, here's a little mock-up of her van. So it's capital intensive. I mean, you had to buy a vehicle. You had to buy que- cleaning equipment. You have employees. What did you do about funding when you went to go pitch to investors? What type of people were these that were the, that were investing in your business? Yeah, I think it's so funny to hear you say that it's capital intensive because I thought the whole reason I started this company was because it wasn't capital intensive um, compared to a lot of the other industries and, and types of businesses you look, could look at starting. Um, anything where you'd have to invest in brick and mortar would be way more expensive than a mobile business. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I should say that I should say capital intensive in comparison to being a solopreneur or being someone that's more of a um, a home-based business, I should Yeah, yeah, or something with a, a purely web-based business. There's definitely right. capital investment required. Um, so, yeah, so Kellogg, I think they've actually improved the amount of money they're giving to the winners of the business plan competition now, but we won just $7,000, um, and there were five teammates. So it was a very small amount. Luckily, most of them decided to reinvest it into the business with me. Um, And I think more importantly than anything, I won this business plan competition against all of these high-tech startups. And that's kind of a challenge that I face every day is people like to lump me into this small business category. And I'm like, I really don't consider myself a small business. I consider myself a startup. And there's a big distinction there. Um, a small business or you know a lifestyle entrepreneur who wants to just kind of make a living versus a high growth entrepreneur who's writing a business plan to scale. Um, and so beating out those high tech startups gave me more credibility into kind of the real startup space and gave me the confidence and the credibility to go out and raise um, angel investments. So I raised under $100,000, but it was what I needed um, from former coworkers, contacts, a couple of um, Kellogg staff and deans invested in the company and it's been a great support network of advisors as well to have them on my team but uh, you know I think it wasn't really that hard when I came at it with hey I won this business plan competition at a top MBA program I've got all these smart people helping me and working with me it's such a small amount of money that I need to get this out and try it and get proof of concept you know can you join my team Um, so even though it was a recession I found that the fundraising for, you know, a small amount of money under $100,000 was not as challenging as one might think. So, I mean, I, I'm a hustler too, so <laughs> I don't want to understate how hard it is, but um, it's possible. It's well, let's, possible. since you said you're a hustler, let's talk about that really fast because um, in your bios, I've read in a few different articles, you've said you've categorized yourself as someone that's scrappy. Now, mm-hmm. for those of you that are on the chatter that have watched the show, a number of young female entrepreneurs have said that they are scrappy. What do you think that means? Do you think that that is more aggressive? Do you think it means that you'll go that extra mile? What does scrappy mean to you? It's so funny because my internship when I was getting my MBA was actually at a high-end fashion boutique. Um, and the, the owner of the boutique said, she said, Jen, you'll make it, you're scrappy. And I thought she was insulting me or, and saying that I dressed poorly um, <laughs> <laughs> at this high-end fashion boutique. Um, but I realized she actually meant it was, it was a compliment. And it's turned out to be a huge asset um, some people might call it cheap. Um, I think Scrappy is trying to make a lot out of a little, and I'm really tight with the purse strings. I think when you're a startup and you're bootstrapping, um, really scrutinizing every expense before you spend it is important. And even, you know, I made so many mistakes in the first six months paying for entrance to a baby expo uh, when I realized pretty quickly after that that I could barter my services and say, hey, we'll offer free stroller cleanings to um, all of your ticket holders if we can waive the entrance fee. And, you know, finding ways to barter and negotiate your way through. Um, but I, I think 
being scrappy is a huge asset. Other, if you're not scrappy, it's it's very easy to go out of business and make a lot of bad investments. <laughs> all right. So you mentioned the um, the bartering and that uh, when I've looked through your website and all of the events that you've done, you've definitely gone out of your way to basically create these partnerships. Um, how does that process, what does that process look like? Especially when you go to approach someone, what happens if they say no? What do you, what actions do you take after that? Yeah. Um, wow. That's fine. I mean, like, I'm having trouble thinking of somebody who actually said no to me, um, which is a good problem to have, but my whole business is built on strategic partnerships. And I think going into strategic partnerships, it's really kind of a sales role and you've got to put on your salesperson hat and think, what does the other person want? Um, what are their priorities? What goals are they trying to accomplish? And how can I help them fulfill that? Um, and so, for example, at these baby expos, if they're trying to sell tickets, um, and maybe they have two tiers, they have a regular ticket and a VIP ticket, and I can come in and say, hey, I can offer free cleanings to the VIP ticket holders, and that's going to help you drive the ticket sales. Um, and hey, I've done it before, and it worked. <laughs> Having some empirical evidence never hurts. There's the math major in me, I guess. Um, <laughs> So coming with data is also important when you're going to these. Uh, for all my retail partnerships, I've got exit survey data where I can actually show what my average customer spends inside the store while we're performing our service, um, what percentage of the customers are new to that store or haven't visited that store in the last six months or a year. Um, so arming yourself with data, putting yourself in their shoes, figuring out what they're looking for, that's the best way to build a partnership. Um, and obviously, pitching yourself as, as a startup that got big aspirations and big dreams um, and how the partnership can grow over time is, is also important. I think a lot of women tend to sell themselves short. Um, you know, and, and you know, if you, if you ask for something big and dream big and act like you're a big company, they'll treat you more like a big company. Uh, so I think confidence is really important in those as well. Yeah, definitely. Now, let's go back just a little bit. So if you're watching right now, Clean Bee Baby, uh, the, some of the services that you guys will take on, you're a mobile service, so you don't have any type of brick-and-mortar space, right? It's just the van that will go from space to space. Now, um, you'll do a vacuuming, and then you do ni- like a nice eco-friendly wash of it, steaming. So it basically, I think we have a before and after snapshot that I pulled off from your Facebook. <laughs> so that's before. That looks like one of my strollers. <laughs> And after, um, yeah, so I mean, this is something that moms need. Uh, Gosh, like I look at my stroller and I don't even know how to clean it, to be totally honest with you. I've tried to do the whole upholstery wipe down thing. And so anyway, this is something that especially Southern California moms, I know this is typecasting them, but it just seems like something they would be very much interested in. Uh, So just to back up even further, you're not a mom. No. <laughs> right. So usually when we speak to young women, especially people that are in kind of the mommy sphere or the mommy market, they're, they're, they have kids. They're like the Jessica Alba where they saw a problem mm-hmm. themselves and they're super passionate about their kids and their friends have, have kids. Do you ever feel like, and this is funny, I think I wrote this to you. We, us- we usually ask this question flipped around. Do you feel like not having kids has hurt you in any way in entering this specific market that's very lucrative too. It's a great market to be in. Um, do you feel like that's hurt you at all? Um, I don't think so. I think if anything, maybe it gets me a little bit more attention because people are like, wow, you must really, really care or want this really badly to be kind of going after this really unsexy thing <laughs> um, as a 29 year old with no babies. Um, but you know, I think that's one of the secrets to business, right? Is find something 
that nobody else wants to do and, and help them do it or do it for them. Uh, so, and hopefully those businesses can be the biggest cash cows. So I think there's a big opportunity here. And kind of my experience with the moms here is that a lot of those moms do like live day to day with a problem. They see a way to fix it and then they start their business. But they have these competing priorities, which is their kids, um, which is a, a pretty big priority. And I think that's kind of what stifles a lot of those mompreneurs and it prevents them from being able to get over the hump to grow their company to a bigger level. Whereas for me, I'm like, if I can start this company now and build it to a certain level, hopefully by the time I am ready to start a family, um, you know, whether it's three, five or 10 years from now, um, I'll be able to have, you know, some cash flow coming in from the company and potentially the opportunity to be as involved or uninvolved as I want to be um, once I do have that family and, and can figure out my priorities from there. So I see it as a really strategic choice to start it now and, and as an asset because I have more time to dedicate to it. Um, but all of my girlfriends joke that I'm their best mommy friend who has no babies. I know all about breast pumps and diapers <laughs> and baby carriers and random topics that most of my other peers without kids have no idea what those things even are. Oh, I bet. I bet. So now, all right, so I want to make sure we're kind of wrapping up on the time, but I want to make sure that we get that mommy part in because I very rarely have someone that's in this market on the show. Now, something that's very popular with brands right now is working with mom bloggers. Is this something mm-hmm. that you've done and do you have any advice for people in in approaching and working with a blogger yeah absolutely i'm mommy bloggers are are a huge part of the market and i think my first word of caution is that a lot of moms think they're mommy bloggers um, because they have 10 friends that read their blog every once in a while and then there's real mommy bloggers that have like a million followers and there's everything in between um but my strategy that's been really successful with the mommy bloggers is that I offer the blogger herself a free cleaning um, to try the service in hopes that she'll review it. Um, but then I also offer a free cleaning for her to raffle off to her um, to her readers. Um, because basically, if she can give the service away to her readers, that gets more engagement. Mommy bloggers love giveaways. Um, so I'm always kind of offering raffle items for their um, events that they do or special promos, holiday giveaways, whatever. Um, so I think offering up a bit of free stuff is never a bad thing. But watch, you know, try to figure out what you can about the mommy blogger in advance. How many followers do they really have? Is it a targeted market? Does it match your demographic? Um, you know, is it a good strategic fit for your company? Because otherwise, you know, you could give away thousands and thousands of things for free and get no real return on it. Um, yeah. So my last question then is, because we do have a large blogger following, and this seems to be one of their largest questions or their biggest, uh, what am I supposed to do about this? When you look at a blogger and you said, you know, make sure that they don't have 10 of the, their friends reading the blog, they actually have a good size audience. What size audience are you looking for? Uh, well, I think for me, my business is currently only operating in L.A. and Orange County. Um, so it's totally different from a product business that's trying to get national coverage. Um, obviously, since I'm just going through the franchise process, that's going to change really quickly. Um, I don't necessarily have a size requirement, but I, I do a lot of networking. I go, I'm, I seriously I go to so many mommy events. It's hilarious since <laughs> I have no babies. Um, but I, I network, and, and you can tell pretty quickly what are the most popular blogs, the most influential, where people are getting their information, um, and who's kind of well respected. And, you know, if it's just a random mommy blogger who you saw on Twitter once and you go and she's got two or 300 followers, to me, that's not really worth my time. Um, somebody who's got 3,000, 5,000 followers is definitely worth my time. And I would say bigger than that, it's a no-brainer. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I like to see numbers in the thousands, not the hundreds or the tens. 
It's good to know. So now, um, you mentioned really fast. This is my very last question. So if you guys are on chat, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you you mentioned quickly the franchise process. Are, mm-hmm. Have you started franchising? Are you in different locations? What's your plan for the next year or so? Yeah, so we expanded to Orange County about a year ago, and um, the San Diego location should be opening in the next month or two, and New York will be opening in a couple of months. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of work, Um, and those are actually corporate-owned locations, which may eventually convert into franchises, Um, but I'm expecting to get some major national media in the next couple of months, so I want to make sure I've got kind of a couple of other key markets locked up as the first mover. Um, the franchise documents are sitting on the table right here next to me, and we've been working with a lawyer on them diligently, but it's, a, it's an expensive process. It, we're also in concurrently trying to raise our second round of funding to finance the franchise growth. Um, and I think franchising is a cumbersome, difficult process, but I think it's the best way for me to grow my business specifically, because um, I think having local owners in each of the markets will help the business be more successful in the long run. Uh, so, but, you know, I think proceed with caution with franchising. Yeah, definitely. I've heard some interesting stories around that. And mm-hmm. so, Jennifer, where can everyone find you online? Um, CleanBeeBaby.com is a great start. Facebook.com slash CleanBeeBaby. Twitter.com slash CleanBeeBaby. Um, I guess that's one of the secrets to being a great entrepreneur. Find a brand name. URL, <laughs> <laughs> your Twitter handle, your trademark, your everything for um, so luckily, uh, I am the queen bee pretty much everywhere. Uh, and I, I'm, I am a more active Facebook user than Twitter, but uh, I think they're linked. So. If someone has a specific question for you, maybe about franchising or about bringing Clean Bee Baby into their area, is it is the best way to reach you the website or is it through? Absolutely. And info at Clean Bee Baby, I get all of those emails. Um, I'm always watching what's happening with the customer service. So um, you can definitely get to me through the website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Jennifer. I know that you're busy and that you're going through the franchising process. So I know um, that not only myself, but everyone watching really appreciates it because you've got a very, you've got some um, very invaluable uh, experience to share. So thank you again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, so you've been watching the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream. That happens every Thursday here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com slash live. Make sure that you come back here next Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern after Young Female Entrepreneurs online conference. Make sure, of course, that you register for that. $10 of every registration is going to uh, the Red Cross and um, the event is going to be packed full of information, lots of awesome networking opportunities. Uh, You can register at yfecon.com. Otherwise, I'll see you back here next Thursday. Thank you so much for watching.